It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Hey, welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, indeed, dissecting issues. The news, politics, and opinion is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have some conversations out there. <clears throat> Be sure and check out my brand new website. It is gorgeous, Americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails, and I will keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. I'd appreciate it if you would like me and follow me and offering a conservatarian perspective. Very excited to let you know about Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. Uh, I am partnering with Dr. Thomas Cranawitter and his team over at Speakeasy Ideas and Jen Hewlin at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial to bring you Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. And Dr. Cranawitter has created a fascinating lecture series on the Federalist Papers. And we're meeting the fourth Monday of each month. We started in January. Uh, the good news is we're sold out. The bad news is that we're sold out. The good news is, is I think in March... Uh, Dr. Cranawitter will do a, open another Vino and Veritas. So get on the wait list. Email me at Kim at Americhicks.com. Want to uh, say thank you to our January presenting sponsor, Harmony Ridge Construction, building homes and usually making friends in the process. And February's presenting sponsor is Susan Kochevar, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. Spring is right around the corner and Susan will open sometime in March. So thank you to both of them. So again, email me at kimandamerichicks.com and we'll get you on the wait list for the new one. And uh, so uh, a lot of, a lot of great stuff happening out there. Big show planned for you today. We're going to talk about this uh, House Bill 191032, there was a big rally down at the Capitol yesterday, so we'll be chatting about that. Uh, many of you were watching the television yesterday for Michael Cohen's testimony. We'll talk about that. And then, of course, President Trump is meeting Kim Jong-un uh, over in Vietnam. And, and if we have time, we'll get to that. In, in our third and fourth segment, I am so excited to have in studio with me Eric Butes. And uh, good morning. It's great to have you here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And we'll be talking about freedom of mobility. I think you and I both have a story that the ability for people to be able to go where they want to, when they want to, uh, in the vehicle that works for them has really allowed, uh, you know, everyday regular people to be able to thrive and prosper. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I was thinking about that on the way down here. There's no one, si one size fits all. And us as, uh, you know, auto dealers... We can't, uh, yeah, I work for an auto dealer. I work mm -hmm. for Freeway Ford, Longmont Ford, and Columbine Ford. I'm in the service side. And we can't foresee what the needs are of every individual driver. The needs of someone from an Escape versus an Explorer, two similar looking vehicles, might be vastly different. Mm -hmm. and, and those subtle nuances and the differences of those vehicles have a life uh, affecting difference in their day-to-day -day operation of those vehicles. Well, that's for sure. And so we're going to talk about that in the third and fourth segment. You won't want to miss it because what is happening in Colorado is uh, president or president. Oh, oh my gosh. What, 
Oh, uh, oh don't for, go there. Former Governor Hickenlooper. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. Uh, former uh, Governor Hickenlooper, as well as uh, Governor Polis, have both issued executive orders that are tying Colorado's emission standards to California's. And, uh, and what that, in essence, will do is it will increase the cost of the vehicles that, that people want to drive by anywhere from 2000 to $4,000. So, you know, I said in our promo, if you like your car, you may not be able to keep your car. And uh, we, we need to talk about this. People need to understand this because it's happening right under your nose. As, as we're so busy out there, we don't realize that these policies, when they come up and smack us, then we're going to, what happened? So we need to make sure we talk about that. Steve, it looks like to me like you have a thought i'll hold i'll wait till we get to those segments okay that sounds great so okay well let's start off with a little humor and you're going to probably say it's a very little humor but uh, hey steve you have a fine (laughs) reputation don't don't stop now um okay producer steve what did the buddhist ask the hot dog vendor I have no idea. What did the Buddhist ask the hot dog vendor? Make me one with er- everything. Okay. I'm glad the drummer quit today. Okay, yeah, it must be his day off. You chased the drummer away. (laughs) And uh, and also some inspiration. I think, Eric, I've thought a lot about as as we put the show together, and I know know the humor is a little corny, but, you know, I think it's always good to have at least a a little smile on your face when when you start the day. Absolutely. If you can't laugh about things, you know, then yeah, we're in trouble. That's for sure. So I thought that was good. Again, what and let did... me go on record. I mean, I'm over here cringing, but really, that's a smile because of you know the corn okay. factor is high, but it is it is a smile. Okay, here. that that's good. Okay, and that and we have that on tape, so that's great. Uh, inspiration. I also think we need to be thinking about inspiration. You know, Eric, there's there's a lot of division out there. Um, you know, and I think we need to. To talk about inspiration. And so this is going to be a great segue into House Bill 191032. A new friend of mine is Juliana Day. And she uh, immigrated from Peru. And she is such a fervent supporter of the American idea. And uh, because she's lived under, uh, you know, socialism. And she's lived under very tyrannical governments. And so she understands how great it is what we have here. And she is so concerned about this House Bill 1032, which is the hypersexualization of our children. And as I think about it, we need to let our kids be kids. Uh, I remember when I was in kindergarten, the last thing that was on my mind was, you know, sex education. You know, we were just trying to figure out how to stand in line and learn our ABCs. And, and uh, you know, I mean, what we are doing to our kids is really of great concern. And it is so on Juliana's heart that she organized a, a rally yesterday at the Capitol. And uh, I went down there, and it was amazing. There were hundreds of people there that probably have never been to the Capitol before. And uh, it was across the spectrum. There were, were blacks and whites and Hispanics and men and women and old and young. And uh, as people are starting to learn what is in this awful, awful bill, uh, which is House Bill 191032, it is, uh, uh, the name of it is Concerning Comprehensive Human Sexuality and Education, education and in connection therewith, Making an Appropriation. But I, I mentioned this, but once again, this is right in the bill summary. And this is what it says. 
says the bill clarifies content requirements for public schools that offer comprehensive human sexuality education. And get this, it prohibits instruction from explicitly or implicitly teaching or endorsing religious ideology or sectarian tenets or doctrines. It prohibits using shame-based or stigmatizing language or instructional tools. It prohibits employing gender norms or gender stereotypes. That's like he, she, boy, girl. Astonishing. And it prohibits excluding the relational or sexual experiences of lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender individuals. Now, this will start in fourth grade, this curriculum, but actually what you're seeing is it, uh, it, it talks about healthy relationships in this bill, who defines that, and so this could actually start as early as kindergarten, pushing forward uh, the experiences of LGBTQ. And I submit to you that that is not the role of public education and that we should not be using our public dollars to push forward this, this religion, if you will, of this particular worldview. And so Juliana, uh, shout out to her uh, for her inspiration, and she has taken this on, and um, I, I just think it's been really something what, what has happened. So there were hundreds of people there. I took... Uh, photos, and I took some video, and that is on my website, americhicks.com. Go ahead and click on it. When you click on the, the little finger thing, it takes just a minute for the video to load. But all of you that are there, you might see yourself there. And to my knowledge, there was no other press. Uh, I didn't see any of the uh, the TV stations. I, I don't know that there was any other press except me. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, what was the time? I, three, between 3 and 3.30 yesterday afternoon, I sent you a text and said, I have just perused four, the four major Denver TV stations, the ones that have a, a news gathering organization, you know, and nothing. It, that's why I, said, I asked you, did that really happen? Because there's nothing here. <laughs> yeah. And it did really happen. The other thing that was interesting is we were supposed to meet on the west uh, side of the Capitol. But I guess when the organizers got there, uh, this I didn't totally verify this. I did go over and take pictures because they said it was the ACLU had organized it and it was in favor of sanctuary cities and against ICE. Uh, and now that they covered, I just saw some pictures of that. Yeah, I thought I saw the camera there. So, and that group was much, much smaller than our group, and so we got kicked over to the east side and uh, then marched around the Capitol. But that uh, that group was very, very small. Uh, over on the west west side of the Capitol. And I think many of our organizers thought that it was very curious that uh, we got kicked off. So anyway, just thought that was kind of interesting. So shout out to Juliana Day and her whole team on the great work that they've done. And it was a very sad thing that there was no coverage of it by any of the local television stations. So uh, I think what we'll do is we're going to go ahead and uh, go to break. Uh, and before we do that... I uh, want to give a shout out. You know, I actually buy all my airtime, which is a it's a great thing uh, because I have total editorial um, control over what we talk about within reason. I mean, certainly Crawford doesn't want me to do anything totally crazy, but I have total editorial control, which is great. But it also means that I, I totally appreciate our partners. And uh, one of the, my great partners is Hooters Restaurants. And my story with them is a story of liberty, free markets, and a conservatarian perspective. It stems from when I served as a city councilwoman in Lone Tree 
And if you're interested in learning more about this story, just email me at Kim at Americhicks.com. But, Steve, you know I love sports. I'm getting excited about March Madness because I am a KU basketball fan, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. And uh, I'm going to be watching the games over at Hooters Restaurants, or I will be calling and having them deliver some great wings to my my door, my front doorstep. But their specials start at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings, and you can have them delivered right to your front door. I, I, did them, I had them last night. They were gone. The girls loved them. They're those smoked wings. They're only half the calories. So order your Hooters wings to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We'll go to break. We'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson dissecting the issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Check out my website, my new website. It is absolutely gorgeous. There's a coverage of the rally yesterday down at the Capitol uh, against this hypersexualization of our kids legislation, HB 191032. Uh, and be sure and sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. I'm the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Greatly appreciated. If you would like me, follow me, offering you a conservatarian perspective. Before we get into the Michael Cohen testimony, uh, talking again about this House Bill 191032 and the big rally there yesterday, it is going to be heard today in the Senate Health and Human Services, or excuse me, the Health and human, whatever, whatever that, that particular committee. And uh, Rhonda Fields, who is a Democrat senator, apparently is, is really deliberating on how she is going to vote on this particular bill. The special interests are putting tremendous pressure on her, but she, she seems to have a, a, a heart for families and for children. And so I would highly recommend that you give her a call at 303-866-4879, that's 303-866-4879, or email her at Rhonda, that's R-H-O-N-D-A dot feels, uh, F-I-E-L-D-S dot Senate at state dot C-O dot U-S. Again, that's Rhonda dot feels dot Senate at state dot C-O dot U-S. And, uh, and get that done before one thirty. That's when the committee is going to meet. And just very respectfully, 
encourage her to vote for children and families and the the freedom for families to be able to make the decision when they talk to their children about uh, sexual health instead of having something that is mandated from from the government. And so be sure and do that. Again, email her at rhonda.fields.senate at state.co.us. Steve, final thought on that? I'm just sitting over here doing a slow burn, thinking that four out of four media outlets, four out of four Denver TV stations, four out of four news directors deemed that this was not worthy of coverage. When they dispatch the, you know, their, their... But you said they covered the other side. Yeah. Well, which was yeah, much okay. smaller. Well, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it... Uh, and and just, when I say the other side, the other side of the Capitol. The other yeah. side of the, yeah, the west side. Mm-hmm. But it's such an indictment on what's coming from the press with the major media and how they're basically giving up They're not doing their, their job. They're not doing their job. Well, but you can be rest assured every morning, 6 to 7 a.m., and then Encore broadcast in the afternoon, you will be assured that we are working to bring the truth to you, but dissecting these issues is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Hallelujah. There we go. So let's jump into this whole thing with Michael Cohen yesterday was quite the circus, wasn't it, Producer Steve? It was. Uh, I guess I got he got started just as I was leaving uh, you know, the, the studios here. What kind of amused me was prior to him actually you know, raising his right hand and all that was uh, uh, Representative Jordan. <laughs> literally, <laughs> it was almost humorous. I mean, he just literally pounding him right into the ground before he even had a chance to do his opening statement. But um, well, there what, were a lot of good points mm-hmm. made before he, you know, before he was allowed to speak. Well, I appreciate you pulling these sound bites, and we're going to jump into them. But one of the things the girls said last night is one of the quotes was Cohen said, I know that I lied, but I'm not a liar. (laughs) He lied. (laughs) I have that one. Okay, great. Let's go ahead and jump in here with number one. Never in a million years did I imagine when I accepted a job in 2007 to work for Donald Trump that he would one day run for the presidency to launch a campaign on a platform of hate and intolerance and actively win. I regret the day I said yes to Mr. Trump. I regret all the help and support I gave him along the way. I am ashamed of my own failings and publicly accepted responsibility for them by pleading guilty in the Southern District of New York. I am ashamed of my weakness and my misplaced loyalty of the things I did for Mr. Trump in an effort to protect and promote him. I am ashamed that I chose to take part in concealing Mr. Trump's illicit acts rather than listening to my own conscience. I am ashamed because I know what Mr. Trump is. He is a racist. He is a con man. And he is a cheat. Okay, I don't know if we're going to get to very many more of the sound bites on that because there is so much in there. I mentioned this yesterday, Steve. You know, one of my other projects is uh, my World War II project. And uh, this week I I recorded an interview with uh, Orson Swindle. And he was uh, in a Vietnam POW camp for over six years. And we talked a bit about his torture, where they, uh, this was really physical torture, where they uh, tried to get him to talk. And finally, he said he, he realized that in order to get the, the torture to stop, 
he needed to to say something, but he did not want to divulge the the real truth, and so he started to lie. And uh, he had mentioned that when they asked who his commander was, he went back in, and so he gave the name of his high school football coach. And, and as they asked for other names, he went through his whole football team. And he actually was back in, in southern Georgia for, uh, he was giving a speech. He said he looked down and there was 11 of his, his football players, his, his uh, football mates. And uh, he looked at him. He said, you guys better not go to North Vietnam because they're going to be looking for you because that's the names that he had given. And uh, he was in solitary confinement for a significant period of time, and he said that is really difficult. And, uh, and my friends, there's something very serious going on here in America because Paul Manafort, who if he, you know, I, I don't think these guys are perfect guys, okay, but none of us are perfect, but I don't think they're perfect guys. But white-collar crime, and they put him in uh, solitary confinement, I submit to you that there's kind of a mental torture that's going on here. <clears throat> and as as you listen to... What Cohen has said is it is the narrative that they are now trying to push forward regarding President Trump. So he says that President Trump uh, is hateful and intolerant and that he's a racist, a con man, and a cheat. That is the narrative that they are trying to get out there for everyday regular people. Now, I don't think that President Trump is, is perfect. However, when you look at what he has been doing for everyday Americans, it's not for white Americans, it's not for black Americans, it's for every American. It's not for straight Americans, it's not for gay Americans, it's for every American. Because if this economy <clears throat> continues to prosper, everyday hardworking Americans will be able to have great economic well-being and will be able to go after their hopes and dreams. So there was the Trump tax cuts we went through that the other day with Jason McBride over at Presidential Wealth Management. He has run the numbers. And for middle-class Americans, uh, their tax cuts are anywhere from probably 19 to 33%. And, Steve, I know, you know, you've got your ear- earphones on right now, but I think that's because that way I can't see the smoke coming out of your ears from everything that's been, you know, that we've been learning this week. Uh, and one of the things earlier in the week was the narrative of uh, people are are mad because their tax refunds are not as large as last year. Refunds, yes. Yeah. Mm. And uh, once again, uh, as Jason had mentioned, if you get to a point you'd like to owe the government zero when it's time to, to um, file your taxes, because that means you've not given a tax-free loan to the government for the whole year, Right. I'm, I just started my taxes two nights ago. and No wonder you're so cranky. <laughs> uh-huh, because I really wish I was closer to zero. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not. Okay. <laughs> and you're not going to get that big refund then and either. And you know which side of zero I'm talking about. I have about. a feeling I do know that. But, my friends, what this is, is this is a narrative, and it sounds, Cohen sounded to me like uh, like this was written, like he's been kind of pressured into saying this, because this is the narrative that the that the activist, progressive, deep state, if you will, and I actually think there's deep state on both sides of the aisle, that this is the narrative that they want to put out about Trump because Robert Robert Mueller, there has not been any evidence of Russian collusion. If there was, you know that we would have seen that, and we have not seen that yet. So this is going to be the next narrative, and it looks to me like these guys, they're putting them through mental torture, and I think that's what's happened to Cohen. They've threatened him. They've threatened his family. Uh, we remember um, uh, Stone, they came and uh, at dawn and took him away in shackles. And by 
the end of the day, he was uh, the judge had already released him. This is very scary about what is happening happening in America, and I really feel that Donald Trump is is kind of the one person that's standing between uh, the American people and these really bad actors that are doing this kind of stuff. So um, anyway, I think that I think is Jason on the line. Let's go ahead and talk to Jason McBride this morning. Uh, Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I think I like it better when I'm just listening and you talk about me. <laughs> well, I, I talk about you all the time. Yeah. Well, it no. <laughs> makes me feel important and stuff, you know. Well, you know, and, and to that point, that analysis that you did regarding uh, the Trump tax cuts and, and the amount of money that is really in people's pocket, there's a lot more in people's pocket right here in Colorado. And uh, I think that that's, that's really, I mean, it's good numbers. I mean, it's facts. And I really appreciate you going through and taking the time to do that. Well, it was amazing how easy it was just to put the facts on the page. What would have been hard is if I would have been on the other side trying to figure out how to massage the numbers to make them look bad. That would have been a tough job. <laughs> and that's not what you do. So, hey, you know, I, I wanted to talk about something else this morning, to the, mm-hmm. though. You know, I know, I know a lot of people want to save money or strengthen their financial future, but they're just not sure what to prioritize. So you mean kind of what buckets to fill up first? Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it. If someone wants to invest, what's a good attack plan? Well, I'd say first, Kim, if you have a 401k plan that offers a match, that would be the first bucket that you'd want to go to because that match is just free money. Uh, so, for example, if your employer matches up to 3% of your salary, that's a pretty common amount. You'd want to make sure to set your contribution limit to at least 3% to get the full match. Uh, even if you're in a 0% return on that, it's like doubling your money. So that's, that's pretty hard to beat. You know what? That sounds like a really good idea. It's pretty hard to double your money with no risks. So then what? Well, now I'd say it depends a little. First, are you more concerned with getting a tax break now, or would you rather pay the tax now on what you put in and be able to take out the hopefully increased amount later tax-free? If you want the tax break now, Kim, then continuing to contribute more to the pre-tax side of your 401k might be a really good option for you. Now, Jason, I know you're a very big fan of tax-free. So for those of the, the, that are like-minded, <clears throat> would they want to do a Roth IRA, IRA instead of a 401k? Um, maybe, Kim, but I'll tell you, more and more 401ks are now offering a Roth option So your contributions into the 401k can go to the Roth side. That's up to $19,000 this year, uh, $25,000 if you're over the age of 50. So that's a couple of great things about the Roth 401k. They have much higher limits than a Roth IRA. And also there's no income limit to contribute to a Roth. So if you're, uh, you know, a higher earner, uh, married join. I think if your income's a little over two hundred thousand, you're not able to contribute to a Roth IRA. But you can put as much as you want in a Roth four hundred one k. Okay, so now beyond the four hundred one k match, which is a no brainer, it's always best to go to a four hundred one k or IRA type account next. Um, no, I don't think it's always best um, if you're not fixated on the tax deduction or you want to keep the money more accessible, a a non-IRA account might be better. 
Uh, Kim, let's face it, the 401ks usually only offer access to like stock or bond type investments. Uh, maybe you don't like the stock market. Uh, maybe you like it, but you think it's too high right now and you'd rather not add more. Or it could be that you feel like you've got enough market investments and maybe you want to go somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe a rental property. Uh, people like to buy gold and silver. Uh, maybe you want to fund a tax-free life insurance policy or put money in uh, uh, safe income annuity. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that could be done outside the 401k. And Jason, I know you view paying off debt as an investment too. So maybe that's a good bucket to consider as well. I do. I think paying off debt is an investment. Paying off a mortgage or a debt with a 4% interest rate is it's like earning 4% on your money guaranteed. But you know what, Jason, I've heard experts push back on paying extra on your house. They say, well, what if the value goes down? Then it's a losing proposition. Or they say home equity is just dead money. That's just uh, plain dumb, if you ask me. It doesn't matter if the value of the house goes up or down. Kim, you still owe the full balance of the loan. Does the, the amount mm-hmm. of you and your mortgage go up or down? Good point. Because you're, no, so I ask, would it be better to have a house that's down in value that's paid off or one that's down in value that you still owe money on? Um, I'd rather have the paid off one. You know, I think we get so used to hearing the term paying off our house that what we forget is what we're really doing is we're paying off the debt on our house, which frees us from the monthly burden of the payment makes a lot of sense. So Jason, the message I think I'm hearing is it's a no-brainer. Take the 401k match because that's free money. But beyond that, we should really put some thought into what's the next best bucket to fill up. I think that's well said, Kim, because uh, a lot of folks, it's just kind of doing the 401k as a no-brainer. And oftentimes that is the best, easiest choice. But, but yeah, do give some thought about it. Once you've got the match, which is uh, the free money, uh, at least take a step back and think, what's my next best move? Well, great information. And if, if people would like to chat with you about this, uh, they can give you a call over at Presidential Wealth Management. That phone number is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. And then my landing page with you, chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And uh, Jason, have a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great show, Kim. Okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, I, I really like my car. I, I, I love to be able to drive around in it. I feel really safe early in the morning when I'm coming over to this uh, studio. It's actually warm. I, I even have a seat warmer. I mean, gosh, it's, it's amazing uh, what, what happens with freedom of mobility. And I'm concerned with some of these executive orders and the rules that will be coming down the pike uh, with these executive orders of Governor Hickenlooper and Governor Polis, that our ability to have freedom of mobility may be at risk. And so in studio with me is Eric Butes. He is uh, with uh, three Ford dealerships here in Colorado. And uh, we'll be excited to chat with him about uh, freedom of mobility and how important that is to everyday people to be able to thrive and prosper and pursue their economic well-being. We'll be right back. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. 
Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. I love it, Steve. You've gotten some Frank Sinatra in there for me. I greatly appreciate it. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Dissecting the issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my new website. It is gorgeous. And there's a lot of coverage there, Steve, of House Bill 19-1032, the rally. So you can find it at my website, Americhicks.com. And uh, be sure and sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. I want to say, finally, a credible news source. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering you a conservatarian perspective. I am thrilled to have in studio with me Eric Butes. Eric, you are uh, with uh, Ford dealerships, with Columbine Ford, Freeway Ford, and Longmont Ford. And Freeway Ford, is uh, is, is that the one that you has the great quote sometimes on the uh, the billboard? It is. And it, it comes from really, really great owners, some really great people that I work for. You know, I, I always want to have a little bit of inspiration in my show. And as I go up and down I-25 and I see the messages on that particular billboard, they're typically very inspirational. So thank you. Happy to do it. Okay. So let's talk about freedom of mobility. Uh, you have a, a very intri- interesting story about what freedom of mobility has done in your life. So let's share that just a little bit. You know, I, uh, it's ironic that I come from California originally. I've been here for long enough that some people might joke that I made native status. But, <laughs> um, I, you know, I come from a small town in California right outside of Los Angeles. Most people don't think there's small towns outside of Los Angeles, but uh, I lived on a dirt road uh, in a little 800-square-foot cabin. Um, and I come from the kind of town where my, my bedroom growing up was the back porch enclosed with plywood. And that was pretty normal in this neat little quaint town that we grew up in. The, the mom of the – where we hung out. The mom that always had food for all of us teenage boys, um, she had seven kids, and her house was probably 800 square feet. The front porch had been converted to the kitchen. It was probably five feet by 20 feet, and she fed all the teenagers in town and her family of seven kids. And, you know, it it was okay. It was good. 
uh, it was, we were very fortunate because we were very, we learned to be very resourceful mm-hmm. and self-reliant. Virtually everything we had as uh, teenage boys, we, we, uh, you know, found, uh, in the trash. We, we went to junkyards for fun and things came home from the junkyards mm-hmm. and became our toys. Mm-hmm. It, it was great. Uh, and I attribute my, a lot of what I've been able to accomplish in my career, which is uh, technically based. I, I think today they would call that a hands-on STEM education. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back then that was, you know, kind of, that, that was our life. Uh, and they didn't have programs where I could have used that for STEM credit. So uh, I'm happy for those kids who can do that now. Um, Just a question. How old were you when you uh, had got your first job? Uh, I would say 12 Mm-hmm. I was working at the local bike shop uh, assembling bicycles. Mm-hmm. I got paid $3 a bike. It took me an hour and a half to build the bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my, I loved it. My first job, I was 14. I mean, I did babysitting and stuff yeah. before that. But, but it was at day, Daylight Donut and Chicken Inn. Oh, okay. You know, and, but I, I'm a big proponent of kids working. Did you guys deliver at all? We did not deliver. But... Uh, I, I am now a great donut connoisseur. That's awesome. I loved it. Yeah, so good. Anyway, so I, I digress, but the, I think one of the themes here is kids learning to work. That's really important. But you, so you have this work ethic, mm-hmm. and, and continue on, because we're going to see that play out. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I asked you the delivery question, because as soon as I turned 16, the first thing I did was try to find ways to make more money. I was... Uh, looking for opportunities to change my 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 status. Okay. You know, I, I knew something inside me knew that I didn't. I could do better than where I lived. Uh, most of the ta- most of the guys I grew up with didn't turn out very well. Um, there was no opportunity plan laid out in front of us. We didn't have the benefit of of parents who understood. Hey, hey, son, if you do this or you get these grades or you focus on these degrees, you can make something of mm-hmm. yourself. So for those of us. That, that did make something of ourselves. We were, we were, you know, spent a little extra time being a little more resourceful than everybody else and working a little harder, being a little more creative. Uh, and most of us are, are doing very well who did well. Uh, most own businesses um, and employ other people uh, and, and reach back into that community and are able to find people from those types of communities to elevate them mm-hmm, as mm-hmm, well. So mm-hmm. I, I, they, pay, they play a really crucial role in the community that I came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the way that the, the number one most indispensable tool that we all had, the ones who made it was our pickup trucks. Yes. Uh, first thing we did when we got, we turned 16, we, we got pickup trucks. Uh, there was no haul stuff. Yeah. You could deliver stuff. Yep. I delivered pizza at night. I, I bought things off of the recycler back then, the today's equivalent of craigslist mm-hmm. you know i bought things for cheap and sold, sold them for more lots of things and but uh, you had to deliver them yeah you had we to had have to a way to them. do that right got it everybody everybody i knew's lawnmower it, it came from the curb when someone was throwing it out and and we we brought those lawnmowers home like glorious uh rating <laughs> champions you know coming back with our prizes you know and, and you, you know i'm sure some people were annoyed by the uh, amount of things in our front yard that, probably but, you know but we brought these things but you're back resourceful, and, yeah. and, and and the truck was what we needed you know we drove mini trucks at that time uh, because we were, you know, they were economical. Mm-hmm. They got really good fuel economy. They were affordable. Uh, it, 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 a lot of people wonder where mini trucks went. And you know that the reason why mini trucks 
kind of went away. They've gone to mid-sized trucks now. You look at the well, size of a Tacoma because of uh, because of envir- uh, fuel regulations. So so people, uh, you know, in a big white building said, "Hey, well, these vehicles are the problem," and and so we're going to put these standards and we're going to identify trucks and, and these SUVs as a problem. Well, those mini trucks fell into that classification. And I'll, and I'll let our, your listeners dig more into it. But if you want to look into how CAFE standards uh, killed the mini truck, all you've got to do is Google it. And it was, it was government regulations reaching in, thinking they had a solution, but there were unintended consequences that had long-term effects that actually did more harm than good. So really, everybody that you, didn't, you couldn't take away the need of the picky mini truck by taking away the mini truck. You just pushed everybody out of the mini trucks into full-size trucks. Well, and what you referred to the CAFE standards, this is the California emission standards. CAFE is the federal standard. Oh, CAFE is... So oh, CAFE uh, okay. is federal. Excuse that was me. the federal government trying to do something that... Okay. You know, a, a problem that they perceived that they needed to do something about. Okay. Which, you know, there are problems. and Things need to be done about. Regulations need to be made. Uh, but there's also... We've got to be careful about the regulations that we make because... I'm seeing on a day-to-day basis unintended consequences. Okay. So the CAFE standards are the federal. Yes. But what Governors Hickenlooper and Polis have tied us uh, Colorado to is not the federal, nope. but to California. Which is CARB, California Air Resources Board. Okay, that's CARB. Okay. Uh, very interesting. Let's go to break. When we come back, <clears throat> let's continue to talk about your story that this young guy who's resor- resourceful, knows how to work, gets a pickup truck, and becomes a really great success in life. So let's continue on with just how important freedom of mobility is for everyday people to be able to thrive, prosper, and pursue their economic well-being. So we'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson dissecting the news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we're having conversations. We need to be doing that in America. Check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. We offer a conservatarian perspective. I am thrilled to have in studio with me Eric Butes, who is with... uh, Longmont Ford, Freeway Ford, and Columbine Ford. And uh, my, my brother's a big Ford guy. Uh, smart guy. <laughs> he's, a very, he is, he's actually a really smart guy. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so it's great to have you. Uh, there's, there's some things we want to explain regarding these executive orders of Governor Hickenlooper and Governor Polis. But quickly, you know, we were talking about you and, and the fact that when you were 16, you got a pickup truck. Just very quickly, tell us, because you now are with these, these, these Ford dealerships, and, um, you know, really you've made something of yourself. Yeah, and, you know, I've been given a great opportunity by some really great people, and, and I'm super grateful for it. That's the great thing about our industry, actually. The, it's one of the few places people can still work their way up from the bottom and get, get to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
with with is with, that your story? It, it's I I actually went back to college. Okay. I got my degree at uh, thirty eight years old, and these guys hired me three months before I graduated okay. from college. So I went blue collar. Uh, University of Phoenix. Thank you, University of Phoenix. I actually got a great education and then got hired three months uh, at, before I graduated, and these guys brought me in. Okay. Um, and it's been awesome. So, the, you know, really the point that, that's going on here, as I've been working with in, in this space for quite some time now, uh, we've worked really hard and spent a lot of money to do things that are very good for Colorado's climate our environment, our air. I look out at your window right now, and I can see the mountains. They're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful morning it is. It is. Um, it, we, we couldn't see that when I moved here. Uh, Colorado has cleaned up that air. We didn't need California's help. And in fact, I'd like to suggest uh, emphatically that Colorado does a much better job of protecting our environment and has, over the last several years, of cleaning up our air than California has. Uh, We've done a bunch of things. I've, been, I've occupied this space of cleaning up the air through the right vehicles for the right people uh, in, in my career. So we made a huge investment in getting hiring technicians, upgrading our buildings. Uh, we're talking a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, so that we could work on CNG, propane, RNG. Do you know what RNG is? Uh, natural gas? It's renewable natural gas. It's gas from poo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. really? Yep. I so didn't know that. City of uh, Grand Junction has it. Uh, City of Loveland has it. And they sequester the gas that comes off their sewage treatment plants. Okay, now i got to think a really good place where, th- what did you say this is? R- RNG. So that's... Uh, Renewable natural gas. And you said that's, uh, that's poo. I'm yeah, thinking and it the- comes off trash. Uh, so our, the big trash pile out at mm-hmm. the airport, we're, we're, pulling, we're pulling fuel off of... That is a, that, Otherwise, it just goes up into the environment, and we're capturing it. That is creativity that. and innovation, but I'm thinking a place where there'd be a lot of that yep. is Washington, D.C. Right. I mean, you could probably really get a lot of poo there. Right. <laughs> and, you know, no one twisted our arm to do that. There were incentives put in place to, to, help, to help consumers want to buy those vehicles that'll run on poo. But that's going away now under the California standard because somehow – They've come to the conclusion that there is a one-size-fits-all solution for vehicles, and okay. that's electric. And, and, and I, I don't know any economic uh, environmental philosophy that says there's a one-size-fits-all to solve global warming or our climate change problems. It, it requires a mixed approach, and we have that mixed approach here in Colorado, and it's working, and this is the model that should be copied, in my opinion, not California's model, because once, once California takes over, we have to put all of that stuff to bed. Those incentives go away that are rolling on all the stuff that's already happened. There's a lot of people, good people, doing good things for the environment that, that their, their incentive goes away now. And so we're not going to be doing that anymore. Now we're going to do what California says whenever they say it, however they tell us to do it. But wait a minute, we're Coloradoans. You know, we had uh, Tim Jackson in recently and, and producer Steve had a really good point. He had pulled up the uh, map of, of Colorado and looked at the, the topography and also the elevation. And guess what? Uh, our average elevation is a lot higher than California, right, Steve? You got me again. Uh, ours is 6,300 feet. I don't know what, the, and they call that the mean altitude, or I guess mm-hmm. it's average. I'd, I need to find out what California's is. But it's got to be a was, lot lower because there's, a lot of it's at sea level. Well, so much of their yeah, the, their, their population and the population centers are right at sea level. San Fran, L.A., 
So how could these two this apples and oranges? I don't, mm-hmm. Mr. Governor, I don't get it where you think that this is the right thing to do in terms of tying us to California. Well, and you know, Eric, Colorado, Coloradoans have had a real history of kind of ruggedness, that Western spirit, individual, individualistic spirit. And we're not California. No. And and uh, our topography is different. Our elevation is different. Our lifestyle is different. In fact, I recently uh, heard that the the uh, vehicle mix in Colorado is about seventy six percent of Coloradoans are buying these um, light duty trucks and SUVs because that's the lifestyle of many Coloradoans. And um, but in California, it's much less. The mix is 50-50. And so they're trying to push a lifestyle, push a you know, political um, kind of ideology, pu- pushing all this on Colorado. And we've got two Democrat governors that via executive order are, is trying to put this in place. And I'm really concerned about it. You know, you're right. And and, and the word lifestyle kind of suggests that hey, this is a luxury thing that we're doing. We get to enjoy these things in Colorado. And yeah, that's great. That's why I lived here, live here. However, there's a lot of, we don't have a choice. These are the only vehicles that'll do the job to move you about Colorado. People travel from all over the world to drive on our roads. We have the coolest roads there are. And these are the vehicles we need to drive on these roads. The majority of our roads are still gravel roads here in Colorado. You showed me that map and uh, it is astounding. I mean, we are rugged, western individualistic people. We're not Californians. We're Coloradoans. I met a guy on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning for, you know, he, he had just, had just met, it was a church and, and I was just turning around, you know, when they say turn around and meet somebody new, just moved here from Santa Barbara two weeks prior. And he was all excited because he finally got a car that would work in Colorado. He showed up with a Prius. Prius is a great car. I believe in hybrid. I drove a fusion hybrid for a long time. It's not suitable for the mountains, so I couldn't drive it in the mountains, so it required that I had two cars. But So he, he was all excited that he finally got a car suitable for Colorado. He went out and bought a Subaru SUV. And, and this Subaru, it, you know, that Subaru SUV um, at, with PZEV technology on it, if you drive that car through New York City, the air coming out the tailpipe is cleaner than the air going into the intake system and there's no hybrid there's no battery it's not electric Mm -hmm. it's just really great technology using uh something that we know how to do really work really well with if the plug-in hybrid has a 40 percent battery loss when uh when it gets cold below 20 degrees when it drives it into the mountains it needs more engine than it does battery because it's lost a bunch of its battery it's lost 40 percent of everything you need in the cold weather we have cold weather here and, you know, I heard an interesting term about that. Uh, we had recorded a show that will be coming on sometime here in March with uh, Lauren Fix and Tim Jackson. And she said she was in California, and she was uh, trying out one of the electric vehicles. And so she needed to go charge it. Now, bear in mind, sometimes it can take four hours to charge your car to get a range of about 200 miles. Mm-hmm. And, again, that's not really Colorado's lifestyle. But so she said she was going to try to find a place to charge her car, and all of the bays were full. So she continued to drive drive around. Then she ended up waiting because people will park their car, they'll plug them in, and then they'll just go do other things. And she was getting to the point where I don't know if I'm going to have enough juice to get where I need to go. Mm-hmm. And she called it range anxiety. I mean, I know when I'm looking at my, my gas uh, fuel tank and it's getting close to empty, I certainly jump in and I fill up. It takes me about 10 minutes. 
to not know whether or not you can can charge the car and if it takes like two, three, four hours, that isn't something that's going to work for my lifestyle, Eric. Yeah. And you know, there are faster chargers now, uh, as, as short as 15 minutes, but those chargers are about $400,000 and they require a substantial infrastructure that you can't just put them anywhere. It almost has to go from grid to charger. So how many of those chargers do you think are going to be available and how fast will they ramp up? And I, I want to be very clear. I like electric cars. They make sense in certain applications. They make sense in the city, but they don't make sense abroad across Colorado. Uh, you can't go. The range is a problem when you want to travel across Colorado. Do you think the little towns in between here and Grand Junction, how many of them can afford a network of these $400,000 chargers to give you the... We're a long ways away. And here's the thing. We're going to get there anyways. Coloradans, consumers are going to buy the cars that make sense for their application. They're, they've proven to do it. Look at the mountains. Their brown mm-hmm. clouds mm-hmm. gone. They're buying the right cars that work Based upon their economic means, we're going to get all of those cars with or without California. We don't need $2,000 to... Uh, that's a very conservative number, by the way. We don't need $2,000 added to the price of every car so California can mandate the, that we start driving cars now that we don't have the infrastructure in place to start driving them today. And just to explain, we're just about out of time, but what these these executive orders will do is it's going to say to dealers that right right now I think that it's about 2% of the fleets that, that overall the dealers here in Colorado sell are electric vehicles. And Governors Hickenlooper and Polis say, hey, dealers, you've got to get that number up to 10%. It's not, they're not realizing a free market. People will buy the vehicle that they want that works for their lifestyle so that they can go after their economic well-being and what's best for their families. But these governors are saying, we say to you dealers that you have to sell at least 10% of your your vehicles have to be electric vehicles. And if not, we're going to penalize you. And and to pay off that penalty, you're going to have to have like carbon credits. Yes. And there is only one company right now where, where these dealers, my friends, can buy these carbon credits, and that is Tesla. So this, in essence, is corporate welfare in this corporate welfare. For Tesla. And so it is going to increase the price of the vehicles that Coloradoans want to drive because they're not buying a car that they don't want. But it's going to increase the price when you go to buy that new car that will fit your lifestyle. And I am I am not a proponent of a government forcing these decisions on people. I think that people should have the freedom of mobility, the freedom to make their choices. And so it's important that we get get this information out, that people understand this. And your story, Eric Butz, is an amazing story. A young kid with a pickup truck is now, you know, one of the executives with three fabulous Ford dealerships right here in Colorado. And, you know, my story's not special. It's not unique. All you got to do is get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and get on the roads. You don't see them at 8 o'clock in the morning when you're getting on the bus or your little scooter to ride downtown. But you see them on the road. I am a common occurrence. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of Coloradans just like me looking for upward mobility that are on the roads at four, five, six o'clock in the morning and getting home at seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I would say what's construction is probably one of the largest mm-hmm. In, uh, mm-hmm. industries. Those are the, those, that's me. And they, we're going to really hurt these guys and take away their uh, uh, economic mobility, their ability to have that vehicle that gets them to the next level in life that they're working hard to get. I'll tell you what. I think that we need to make sure we shed light on what's going on out there because I believe 
that every individual should have the ability to pursue their own economic well-being. So thank you. And we'll have to have, continue to have these conversations. Yes, absolutely. So Eric Butz, thank you so much. And uh, if, because you are a Ford dealer, I thought we need to have a Henry Ford quote today. And Henry Ford said, if you think you can do a thing or think you can't do a thing, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Kim Munson with the Americhick signing off today. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. God bless you, and God bless America. Tell them if I don't say